Good morning. It's 505 News Radio 923 AM 162068 in Pensacola. I'm Candy Cullerton. Former cadet with the Scamby County Sheriff's Office is charged with killing a man during a domestic violence incident this weekend in Pace. 32-year-old Chloe Davidson is charged with first-degree felony homicide and a second-degree felony weapons offense. She was booked into Santa Rosa County Jail at 445. This was yesterday morning. Being held without bond now. Santa Rosa County deputies responded to the home on Deerwood Circle in Pace around 140 a.m. yesterday morning, early, early Sunday uh, for that shooting. Now, upon arrival, deputies found a man with gunshot wounds. Deputies and EMS treated the victim, but he was pronounced dead on scene. She was detained at the home and arrested. Investigation reveals the shooting to be a domestic disturbance, according to the sheriff's office. Scamby County Sheriff's Office confirms Davidson was training to become a deputy, but recently failed a field training program, and she'd not been employed by the department for at least the past 30 days. Scamby County Sheriff's Office Facebook post states that Davidson was pinned as a training deputy in August, and an investigation is still ongoing. An Alabama statewide firearms prohibited person database is now live. News Radio's Joe Ford has more. Testing for the database started in August and was successfully implemented in October, and it's now in use, effective January 1. The database was born out of the Alabama Uniform Concealed Carry Permit Act, which the state legislator passed in 2021. Now, when law enforcement officers in Alabama are issuing a citation on a traffic stop or investigating criminal activity, they can use the law enforcement tactical system to receive notifications on whether an individual is allowed to possess a firearm. The database costs $400,000 as a one-time startup fee, and it will take $45,000 annually to maintain. Joe Ford, News Radio 92.3. New York City welcomed its first baby of the new year just as the ball dropped in Times Square. NYC Health and Hospitals in Brooklyn welcomed the New Year's baby right at the stroke of midnight Sunday. A healthy baby boy named Kingsley, who weighs 6 pounds 7 ounces, was born to elated first-time parents Dexon and Holly. Little Kingsley will forever go down in history as the first baby born in New York City in 2023. Jonathan O'Halloran, NBC News Radio, New York. 19-year-old man accused of attacking three New York City Police Department cops with a machete near the Times Square on New Year's Eve reportedly penned a manifesto that urged his family to, quote, repent to Allah and accept Islam. The New York Post reports the suspect traveled to the city from Maine on an Amtrak train last week and carried the handwritten note in his backpack. It's believed he may have become a radicalized Muslim in recent years following the death of his father in 2018. The injured officers are all expected to recover. The suspect was shot in the shoulder during the attack. With uh, the new year, new law now in effect in Florida providing for screening of newborns for congenital illnesses. The law requires Florida hospitals and state licensed birthing centers to test babies who fail a hearing test for cytomegalovirus or CMV. According to the CDC, one out of every 200 babies is born with congenital CMV virus. About one in five babies with congenital CMV will have long-term health problems. That's Rick Hoschel reporting. A man accused of stabbing and killing four University of Idaho students plans to waive extradition. Brian Koberger's attorney said on Saturday that waiving extradition to Idaho is a procedural issue. Uh, He was arrested last week in Pennsylvania. That's his home state. Vatican reporting the last words of Pope Benedict uh, were an expression of his faith. On Sunday, the late Pope's longtime secretary told the Vatican official media that a nurse attending the 95-year-old Benedict heard him say in a very faint voice in Italian, Lord... I love you. And he died Saturday morning. Benedict's remains will be on public display in St. Peter's Basilica. That starts today. Former President Trump blaming the issue of abortion for Republicans falling short of expectations in the midterms. In a post on Truth Social Sunday, Trump noted that many in the GOP handled the issue poorly, especially those who firmly insisted on no exceptions to bans on the procedure. He also defended himself, saying he's not to blame for the party's performance. Exit polls showed abortion was among the most important issues for voters in the midterms along with inflation. I'm Mark Mayfield. Channel 3 first warning weather. Here's a look at our uh, forecast from Channel 3. This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first warning weather update. Foggy start to the day with a high near 76 degrees, 20% chance of a stray shower. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 66. For Tuesday, 90% chance of showers and thunderstorms. A few storms could be strong. High on Tuesday near 77 degrees, low overnight near 63. For Wednesday morning, we're still going to be dealing with a few more showers and thunderstorms with a high near 73 degrees. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News first warning weather team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Warning Weather Center. 68. 
68 Pensacola, 67 Gulf Breeze, 68 Milton. It is 509, I think. Next news happens at 530. Breaking news anytime. Candy Cullerton, News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. News Radio 92.3. Now it's time to play Which Host Did This? Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, or Bobby Rossi? This host was a competitive opera singer. Who is it? Time's up. The correct answer is Jenna Barr. Get to know our local hosts by listening to News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. time but like many other plays in both of these games on Saturday that was a crucial play 53 yards from scrimmage on the very first run up the middle by Michigan against TCU highly favored the number one team uh, in the nation well sorry number two team in the nation anyway um the favorite against TCU and yeah right off the bat 53 yards up the middle pulled down from behind remember this name by Bud Clark Bud Clark. This is important on the 21 because what happened after that is Michigan got down to the goal line and they tried a weird kind of, I don't know, double reverse, gipsy goopsy, Cincinnati shuffle something or other weird. They did not work. They look kind of confused on what they wanted to do here with their formation. And it's Philly special, their version of it. Loveland broke a tackle, but he's in trouble. Coastal Loveland stopped back at the nine-yard line. They got stopped on fourth down and got nothing out of it. Remember, it was supposed to be that first play breakaway touchdown. If he hadn't been pulled down from behind by uh, uh, by Bud, then he would have. There would have been seven points. They got nothing out of the drive. That's important for later in the game. <laughs> Trust me. So back and forth a little bit, and then Michigan's got it back in their territory. A couple of drives later, JJ McCarthy. Oh, Who got the pick six? So Bud Clark has single-handedly saved a touchdown and scored a pick six in the first six minutes of the game. Remember that name. (laughs) That's pretty important. So TCU is up 7-0 in a game that should, by all rights, have been probably 7-7, maybe something like that. In any case, TCU drives again after that. With two and a half to go in the first quarter. Benton Johnston, the motion man. Here's Duggan. And the Michigan fans are just like, can't believe their life. (laughs) They can't believe they're down 14-0 in a game that they are expected to win, and they can't get anything going on offense. They finally get down to sort of within range, 42 yards for a field goal. Rose Award is the best kicker in the country. He did that last year. He was a finalist this year. And he's good from 42. So it's 14 to 3 at this point. And TCU does nothing. Their next drive, Michigan gets the ball back, beginning of the second quarter. And they're starting on their own 25. Five wide receivers to start this possession. Actually, I think it was more like the 40 at this point, but whatever. He's completed his last four. And it's not five. In fact, it's intercepted. On the deflection. J.J. McCarthy gets picked off at midfield. T- or, sorry, TCU, excuse me, gets picked off at midfield. Rod Moore interception. So Michigan's got the ball on, and this actually becomes important later on in the game, their own 49 instead of the 49 of TCU, but we'll talk about that in a minute. So then you got um, basically you've got J.J. McCarthy, you know, widely touted, amazing Heisman finalist, shooting from the 49 on the next play, okay? So, TCU just got picked off on the next play, J.J. McCarthy. Play fake. They want to go deep after the takeaway, and they do go deep. Robin Wilson. Touchdown, Michigan. 51-yard strike from J.J. McCarthy. But, wait. 
there's a review because it looks like maybe he wasn't actually in the end zone like he caught the ball before he was in the end zone the commentators all thought no 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 this is definitely going to be a, a touchdown because he didn't have control of the ball till he was in the end zone which means it would have been a touchdown but the refs in a what can only be described by Michigan fans as atrocity uh, <laughs> they overrule it and they call it down on about the half yard line Matt Austin Matt what do you think as they take a look at this in the replay booth with David Allman well, from what I've seen, Sean, I agree with you and Todd. I, I think the ball kind of bounced off his hands first, and by the time he fully That's secured it, he was in the end zone. Rolling is a catch, but the runner was down a half yard short of the goal line. It'll be first down. Okay, so catch the sequence here. Michigan intercepts, throws a bomb, thinks they have a touchdown. Overruled on video review at the half yard line. How hard can that be? Next play. Get quickly over the ball. J.J. McCarthy handed it to Mullings. There's a flag down. Not a flag. The offense recovered by the defense in the end zone. Touchdown. Next play, they fumble the ball. It was a flag, but he meant to throw his hat to mark the spot. So it was in the end zone, a touchback. TCU gets it right back. All of that for nothing. Then TCU, Max Duggan. Off the blitz. In the clutches. Manages to get the ball off to Tay Barber for a touchdown. That's 21 to 3. That's five minutes to go in the half. And then Michigan finally gets down to not really field goal range because it's a 59 yard attempt. It's a line drive. Looks like he has plenty of leg. And the legend grows. Jake Moody. Longest field goal in Michigan history. Second longest field goal in playoff history. 62 was the only other one that was longer than that. At the half, if you're breathing hard, it's 21 to to nine. Sorry, 21 to six. TCU. Michigan goes into the locker room and says, "What the? <laughs> what's happening here?" Michigan comes out and on their first drive, they settle for a chip shot at uh, the nine minute mark in the third quarter. So it's 21 to nine. And then they get another interception midway through the third quarter. And then they pull the trick play. TCU, suddenly it's a game, but no worries. Amari Amari DeMarcado uh, from the one-yard line for TCU. And that's true. They're unbeatable, except for on Saturday. Adding insult to injury, J.J. McCarthy on the next drive. The quarterback for Michigan gets picked off for six. That's 34 to 16 midway through almost to the end of the third quarter. It looks again like Michigan is just not in the game. They're down by 18. But don't worry. The quarterback takes it in his own hands, runs it in, touchdown. They go for two and fail. That makes it 34 to 22. 12 points down just before the end of the third quarter. TCU. Pressure from both ends. They run past it again. But no worries. He gets in on the next play. Actually, TCU gets a different runner. Duggan actually gets in. But that makes it 41-22. to <sighs> But we're not done with the third quarter yet. This is all within the span of like a minute. Okay? One minute. Michigan. 49 seconds left in the third quarter. McCarthy. On target. Bell again. Lunging for the end zone. Touchdown. But wait. You remember that touchdown before that was pulled back and ruled not yet a touchdown? Same thing happened. Judge. After video review. Uh, Brutal. Except this one they were right about. The first one they were wrong about. This one they were right about. And Michigan gets in anyway with a two-point conversion. So now it's 11 points. 41 to 30. And it's they get a fumble recovery on the very first play by TCU. So Michigan is driving again, entering the fourth quarter. Down by down by uh, 11. Second and two. Wilson. Roman Wilson. Roman Wilson. 
He flips sideways over to def- This is like the best game you have ever watched. That's why I'm spending so much time on it, because if you get to work today and you don't know about these games and people are talking football, you at least want to be able to say, oh, my God. <laughs> That's all you have to say. You don't have to remember it all. Just be like, oh, my God. And that was the kind of game it was. 31-38 to 38 at this point. They were up by only three in the fourth quarter. TCU off the blitz. Max Duggan dumps it off to Quentin Johnson from the 24. Michigan blitzes. Duggan dumps it off short. Quentin Johnston has the first down, and off he goes. 76 yards. Michigan had been within a field goal, and again, they're facing down by 13. TCU gets it again and drives and makes a field goal. That makes it 51 to 38. So you got a 13 point deficit. You got three minutes left in the game. Michigan on the five. McCarthy. So they get to within six. All it's going to take is a miracle, but it feels like the kind of game where a miracle could happen, but they can't get anything done from their side of the field. Michigan on fourth and 10 with 35 seconds to go. Ronnie Bell is your leader, your leading receiver. He and Roman Wilson both over 100 yards receiving today. They're both on the same side of the field right up here. Trouble with the snap. It's picked up. Lateral to Edwards. He laterals it Ineligible, probably a legal pass. And that's it. That's it. Oh, but wait, there's a flag. (laughs) A flag for targeting on TCU, which would have given Michigan a first down, which would have ejected a player, which would have cost him the first half of the uh, the college football playoff finals if they advance. But in the end, they basically say no penalty. It's all over. That's it. TCU wins. Oh, my God. And again, that was the first game. There was a second game, the Ohio State-Georgia game, which was just as crazy fun. Two of the best games in college football history played on Saturday. I know if you're a Tennessee fan, you don't think that was the best game. Yeah, Clemson couldn't buy a field goal. Um, And if you're an Alabama fan, you're like, we beat K-State. Nobody cares. 523 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. Remember when washing machines were made in America, were solidly built, and actually got your clothes clean? They aren't a thing of the past. They are Speed Queen, and they are available at Topps Appliance. Speed Queen washer and dryers combine durability and technology into the best washers and dryers in the world. Speed Queen will change the way you think about washing machines. They're built to last longer and deliver exceptional wash results. Unlike many other washers and dryers with plastic parts, Speed Queen uses commercial grade steel and porcelain components designed to give you at least 25 years of reliable, trouble-free operation. That's why they come with lifetime warranties, the best warranties in the business. See store for warranty details. Speed Queen washers and dryers are built to work and built to last. If you want durability, innovation, and perfectly done laundry the first time, then you want Speed Queen. See these great Speed Queen washers and dryers for yourself at Topps Appliance on Highway 90 in Milton, just east of Stewart Street. The best part about taking ZQuil Pure Z's Sleep Plus Next Day Energy at night is actually the next morning. I wake up alert with none of the grogginess from taking too much melatonin. Pure Z Sleep Plus Next Day Energy is a bilayer tablet with immediate release melatonin and extended release B vitamins to help me fall asleep naturally and wake refreshed. It's my secret weapon for a great night's sleep and a great morning. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. Can't beat that. Zequel Pure Z's gummies. Sleep better, wake your best. My dad has a cold, but also has high blood pressure. That's why I got him Vicks NyQuil High Blood Pressure for fast, powerful nighttime relief. Unlike some ordinary cold medicines, it's specially formulated for people like my dad. NyQuil High Blood Pressure is sugar-free, alcohol-free, and decongestant-free. Vicks NyQuil High Blood Pressure. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, fever, sore throat, cold and flu for people with high blood pressure. Like my dad. Medicine. Use it directed. Hi, this is David Wayne from the newsroom wishing you and your family a very happy new year. Happy New Year. News Radio 923. You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. You choose things that are that are funny or or mildly amusing or interesting. You're a miracle. Your stories have none of that. They're not even amusing accidentally. (laughs) 
That's Steve Martin yelling at John Candy in the hotel and playing Trans Okay, okay, that's what I thought, yeah. I knew it was Steve Martin. Yeah. Your stories aren't even funny. Accidentally. <laughs> Coming off a road trip. That's right. I, I, love, I love a good clip. That, like, it's from the movie, but it could also be about Andrew. 526 on News Radio 92.3. Good morning. I'm Andrew McKay. Happy New Year, by the way. Happy Fog Day. Uh, my God, oh, yeah. the fog Heavy on. Fog. I, I was driving home from St. Louis on Saturday, and you know nothing like twelve-hour road trip capped by like three hours of intermittent fog and weird fog too. Like the kind of fog where you're like you're in the clear layer, you're in the fog layer, you're in the clear layer. No, you got to run your wipers. I mean, just that, that was that's also your drive-in this morning. Just yeah, so you no, know, it's exactly. exactly it. Yeah, it's I came terrible. from Myrtle Grove. Good luck. <laughs> it's like ah, oh. drive carefully. Oh. All right, Candy, tell us what's going on in the newsroom. Well, a 19-year-old man accused of attacking three New York, uh, New York police officers with a machete near Times Square New Year's Eve reportedly penned a manifesto, urged his family to repent to Allah and accept uh, Islam. Um, the man accused of uh, stabbing and killing four University of Idaho students plans to waive extradition. This is wild. Ryan Koviger's attorney said on Saturday that waiving extradition to Idaho is a procedural issue. And, of course, we've talked with Chip Simmons about that when something like that happens. Uh, he was arrested last week in Pennsylvania, his home state. 28-year-old Washington State University graduate student is accused of murdering the 21-year-olds in Idaho. And the Vatican reporting the last words of Pope Benedict were an expression of his faith. Uh, the late Pope's longtime secretary told the Vatican official media that a nurse attending the 95-year-old Benedict heard him say in a very faint voice in Italian, Lord, I love you. And, of course, Pope Francis will preside over the funeral services for the former pontiff Thursday in St. Peter's Square. Those are your headlines. Yeah, it's, it's a very strange thing, um, the Catholic, the average Catholic's relationship to Benedict, because on the one hand, he worked hard on the clergy abuse stuff. On the other hand, he has some ties to, you know, some things in Germany back in the day, a long time ago. Yeah, um, yeah I remember and, that. And, you know, he, he was very conservative, like, uh, you know, ethically very, very conservative in terms of social issues, which puts him a little bit uh, out of sorts with the current pope. Uh, but he wasn't pope all that long, and people who had grown up with John Paul II, you know, that was their pope, right? That's and right. And then when he passed, I mean, it was a title shift like Queen Elizabeth passing. Uh, and then Benedict, you know, resigns and leaves office after not that long. And um, so it's just kind of, you know, first Pope Emeritus in 600 years and the first one that's ever, I think, going to be presided over by another pope at his funeral service. So uh, our condolences to the Catholics and uh, for those who are feeling uh, the loss today. Uh, my heart goes out to you. 528 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. The best part about taking Z-Quil Pure Z's Sleep Plus Next Day Energy at night is actually the next morning. I wake up alert with none of the grogginess from taking too much melatonin. Pure Z Sleep Plus Next Day Energy is a bilayer tablet with immediate release melatonin and extended release B vitamins to help me fall asleep naturally and wake refreshed. It's my secret weapon for a great night's sleep and a great morning. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. Can't beat that. Zequel Pure Z's Gummies. Sleep better, wake your best. <laughs> my dad has a cold, but also has high blood pressure. That's why I got him Vicks NyQuil High Blood Pressure for fast, powerful nighttime relief. Unlike some ordinary cold medicines, it's specially formulated for people like my dad. NyQuil High Blood Pressure is sugar-free, alcohol-free, and decongestant-free. Vicks NyQuil High Blood Pressure. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, fever, sore throat, cold, and flu for people with high blood pressure. Like my dad. Medicine. Use it directed. Listen to News Radio on air at 92.3 FM, 95.3 FM, AM 1620, and online at newsradio923.com. By the way, just just to <laughs> follow up, we're talking about the Pope. He he had a he, he was legally required to be enrolled as Hitler Youth, okay, because it was required of all the kids. But his dad was like a cop who got demoted several times and they had to move a bunch because of his anti-Nazi stance. So it's just it's it's not a big thing over the you know over his identity. It's just kind of one of those things that kind of people know about that and oh, they yeah. know the details. <laughs> you know sure that's do. kind of the issue. We'll be back in just a few minutes after Candy has some local news after Fox. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. The suspect in a New Year's Eve machete attack on three New York City police officers, 19-year-old Trevor Bickford from Maine was on an FBI watch list. One of those officers is a rookie cop who literally just got on the job. All are expected to be okay. Sources tell me the suspect's own family called the police on him, telling authorities that he had been planning to travel to Afghanistan and wanted to, quote, die for his religion and had an obsession with the Taliban. Fox's Alexis McAdams, the public defender for the man accused of murdering four University of Idaho students, says his client is eager to be cleared of the charges. If Brian Kohlberger does, in fact, waive extradition, as his lawyer in Pennsylvania says, he could be back here in the state 
state of Idaho as early as Tuesday night and in front of a judge as early as Wednesday. And then they will have to unseal that probable cause affidavit, which will lay out a lot of the evidence in this case. Fox Dan Springer. Actor Jeremy Renner is reported to be in critical condition after a snowplow accident in Nevada. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 531 News Radio 923. It's AM 1620 and 68 in Pensacola. Hi, I'm Candy Cullerton. Four people were hospitalized after a head-on collision on Bayou Tahar Bridge in Pensacola early yesterday morning. Happened around 3.30 a.m. Surveillance at the Bayou Tahar Bridge. According to the Pensacola Police, the city police, a vehicle was traveling eastbound and the westbound lane collided with another vehicle. The four people that were uh, transported to the hospital and they were done as trauma alerts. Police say the injuries do not appear life-threatening at this time and Investigation into the crash still ongoing. Areas blocked off for several hours as officers worked that scene. <clears throat> Excuse me. No further details uh, were released, so it's still under investigation. Pope Francis marking the beginning of the new year just one day after the death of his predecessor, former Pope Benedict. The Pope urged the faithful to use the new year to share God's love with everyone. The thousands who gathered in St. Peter's Basilica also prayed for the late Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. He died on New Year's Eve at the age of 95. The Vatican says Pope Francis will preside over former Pope Benedict's funeral mass in St. Peter's Square on Thursday, January 5th. I'm Dina Kodiak. Family of the suspect in the University of Idaho stabbing murders is pledging to let the legal process unfold. In a statement released Sunday through a legal counsel, Brian Kohlberger's parents and sister say they're cooperating with law enforcement to promote Kohlberger's presumption of innocence. The statement also expressed condolences to the families of the four college students who were fatally stabbed in November. Kohlberger's chief public defender has said that his client is eager to be exonerated and plans to waive extradition. The suspect was arrested in Pennsylvania early Friday and is facing four counts of first-degree murder. An extradition hearing is set for Tuesday. I'm Chris Caraggio. 24-year-old man was killed and nine others injured in a mass shooting in downtown Mobile on New Year's Eve uh, night, it looks like. The police were called to the 200 block of Dolphin Street around 11.15 p.m. New Year's Eve for shots fired. Upon arrival, officers discovered a 24-year-old man shot and killed. Nine other people suffered gunshot wounds, and the victims' ages range from 17 to 57. They're all transported to local hospitals with injuries ranging from non-life-threatening to severe. In addition, two businesses were also struck by gunfire no known suspects at this time an investigation is ongoing and if you have information about this case they ask that you reach out to crime stoppers an oscar-nominated actor jeremy renner is reported to be in critical but stable condition this happened after a snowplow incident mark mayfield has the story renner's rep says the 51 year old actor was involved in a weather-related accident while plowing snow on sunday at his home in the sierra nevada mountains west of reno his rep said renner's family is with him and he is receiving excellent care Renner is best known for playing Hawkeye in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Thor and the Avengers. He was nominated for Academy Awards for his performance in The Hurt Locker and The Town. He's currently starring in the Paramount Plus series Mayor of Kingstown. I'm Mark Mayfield. Here's our forecast. This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. Foggy start to the day with a high near 76 degrees, 20% chance of a stray shower. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 66. For Tuesday, 90% chance of showers and thunderstorms. A few storms could be strong. High on Tuesday near 77 degrees, low overnight near 63. For Wednesday morning, we're still going to be dealing with a few more showers and thunderstorms with a high near 73 degrees. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thank you, so much, Brooke. It is 68 Pensacola, 67 Gulf Rays, and 68 in Milton. Uh, next news happens at 6 a.m. Breaking news anytime. Candy Cullerton, News Radio 92.3 a.m. 1620. Wake up with Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News from 5 to 9. Then it's Lifestyle Talk with Jenna Barr and Pep Talk from 9 to 11. Talk politics and current events with Brian Kilmeade from 11 to 1. Become debt-free with Dave Ramsey from 1 to 4. Then, drive home with Bobby Rossi and Pensacola right now from 4 to 7. On News Radio 92.3. Informative. Local. Dependable. Hi, guys. If you find yourself in a divorce or you know that one is coming, you're likely stressed about your kids, your finances, and what your future is going to look like when the divorce is over. You're going to need help with this, and I'm here to do that. Whatever you're facing, I can help you get through it. I specialize in helping guys just like you get through difficult divorces. I'm Autumn Blackledge, and trust me, I can help you through this. 
Just look me up on social media or on the web. I'm Autumn Blackledge, and I'm here to help. Pensacola, Florida. Happy New Year. News Radio 923. No CCR for me. I'm not John Hutchinson enough. Don't do that. <laughs> You know about that? I do. Okay, I forgot he was a musician. He is so cool and down to earth, not because he plays guitar, but gosh, I've always known him as like John from Gulf Power. Here's oh. the official John Hutchinson, and he is such a cool dude. No, John's the best. He, he really is, is the best. And, um, yeah, and, I was trying and, to push a guitar on him, and he's like, I, no, I'm trying to get rid of the ones I have. I, I do have a problem with you, though. Because I got his name tattooed on my stomach? No. The Hutch. Next uh, to Matchbox 2020? Is that what you didn't know? <clears throat> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Okay. No, I have a problem with you for a different reason. This is News Radio 92.3. I'm John Hutchinson. I'm sitting in this morning for Andrew McKay, the last uh, show of 2022. And so we're looking back. We're looking forward. The best show. Uh, The best show. We say the best for last. That's That's what Candy told me this morning. Oh, was it? Okay, to be fair, I didn't know he played guitar. Secondly, no, it was, I know. He is so cool. I was so surprised because when you were out of town, this is my first time running the board without you here. I'm, I was I'm out of nightmares. town, and the first thing you're doing is telling these guest hosts I'm all that they're up better on John than Hutchinson. Me. Yeah. yeah. Right, it's like, whatever. what up, John? No, when is he coming back? When are you gone? <laughs> I know that he's married. I'm just kidding. No, he was so cool. Everybody is so nice. I've never had to oh, sit over here best. on this side of the board, and I was so worried, as you know, with the phones. Yes. And I didn't have any problem with the phones it's easy yeah just the board part you know but everybody is so cool and i've known i know these people anyway but it was really nice to work yeah, with all of them they're better than i am that's what i heard all right fine fine 538 on uh, new john C- is oh my gosh no, not john really is, no honestly, he's he is the great. best he's great he's great i just didn't i had no idea because he's mr I surprised that was so cool I surprised yes. you with some cool people i don't mean it like that john hey um <laughs> a lot of actually there was a lot of really interesting things the week i was gone in terms of things that got mentioned during interviews that i want to make sure to highlight this one from dc reeves this is pretty interesting this is john peacock talking to him on wednesday triumph did not punish you based on oh well you already asked us for something once a year ago so so you can't ask us for five years that's not how it works it's actually really what we've seen is the opposite is that they like to see that you had success and then they're more excited about a phase two. So putting everything against the wall is not necessarily the best strategy with Triumph. I think it's finding something that you know has a chance to be very successful. And so that's why we've really flip-flopped uh, those priorities, and we're going to move more forward with our Center for Maritime Excellence with the potential to add a lot of innovation and passion and energy about a lot of different industries um, on the north side of our port. Here's here's what I heard, and it's not what DC Reeves said, but it's the it's what I heard underneath what he was saying. I think historically the view that maybe our commissioners and maybe our mayors and just generally have had of triumph is adversarial. And I don't mean like like firm adversarial, but the feeling like They've got all this money, and they're not really eager to release it. Like, they want to hang on to it. And we've got to cajole, persuade, deceive. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying it was being deceptive, but there was that feeling like they were the gatekeepers of this money, and we had to somehow go pry it out of their cold, dead fingers if we were going to get any of it. And so if we could get a big project, great. If we could splatter some stuff up against the wall and get some of that to work, then great. You know, like, whatever it takes. And I think what I hear from D.C., and I'm this. This may be an unfair characterization of uh, previous administrations, uh, but what I hear from DC is more of a. They're they want to give us the money. They have it. They understand the purpose of it. They want to release it. They want to see good things done. And why on earth would you go to the bank <laughs> and treat them as an adversary instead? And and also and just kind of throw a bunch of stuff up there and hope that it works. None of it's all that great. Why wouldn't you go instead and say, okay, we got this project. We, it's a, I know it's smaller than it could be, but it's got one specific objective. And then when we hit that objective, we're going to come to phase B. And when we hit that, we're going to come to phase C. Why, why don't we do it that way and work with them and talk to their staff and ask them what they want? You know, and again, 
Previous may have tried this, but that was... I, I didn't realize that view was flawed until I heard DC talking about it this way, and that was my takeaway. And I thought, well, it's a whole new day. I mean, that could really work. Like, that makes sense is... Especially because you've got, you know, a couple of fairly good locals on the Triumph board, right? David Bear, and you've got the um, uh, the uh, economic advisor. You've got, oh, goodness, my, my brain just all of a sudden. Who's the, uh, who's the, um, uh, the guy who worked for the – Rick Harper. Uh, you know, he was on last week, and, you know, he's the economic advisor for them. So, I don't know, it just it, – it was an interesting – it was an interesting way to look at it that I hadn't heard anybody quite say that uh, that way before. Meanwhile, you've got this conversation going on with um, Jerry Maygarden about the commission and about consolidation, which I very much agree with philosophically. You know, the idea that you have all of these different, not even layers is not the right way to say it, because, you know, like the if you're a city resident, okay, you pay taxes to the city, you pay taxes to the county, you pay taxes to the state, but you also pay taxes to ECUA. And you pay taxes to the school board. And, you know, and it's kind of weird to have all these different organizations. I mean, at the federal government level, like you don't pay one tax to like the federal government and then another tax to the school government, you know, and then another and another tax to the the international sewerage government. It doesn't work that way. Thank God. Right. (laughs) And the structure we have, although I understand the idea, and he mentioned this, of, you know, separating government means that they're less able to do too much damage, but also creates inefficiency. And that inefficiency can be a challenge. Now, the flip side of that is, if you talk about consolidation, um, would you want to consolidate with these particular commissioners? Uh, no. (laughs) Not in ever. Not in ever would I want to consolidate with these particular commissioners. A couple of them are good. A A couple of them are you know, real scoundrels. And I have no interest in seeing, you know, Escambia, ECUA, I mean, the school board is a constitutional, but, you know, seeing all of these things brought together under the current commission, which is, of course, the point. Like, the reason you separate government is, well, what if some bad people get involved? Well, you know, that's the issue. As Jerry Maygarden very undelicately put it. Well, John, the state of local government is always in, in flux. You know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of commission governments, so. They operate kind of like a Politburo where each commissioner has their own fiefdom and they, they tend to manage it according to their whims, not necessarily what's in the best interest of the entire county. Oh, man, that is 100% accurate. Just, it's, you know, we're going to do this for my district. It's in my district. I'm Because that's the only ones that elect you. Now, I, I know John Peacock's long on this point of, hey, I can't affect count committee. I can't affect the commission because I can only vote for one of these guys and any three others that I can't vote for can ruin my life. Um, I understand that argument. I'm sympathetic to that argument. I'm not sure that his solution is the solution. I'm not sure what the solution is. But I am concerned that the way the commission operates is very much, and listen, you can blame them if you want to, and maybe they deserve some, uh, but if you have an electoral structure that rewards you for rewarding your people in your district, you're expecting them to transcend that structure if they're going to do the things that are like best for the whole county as an overall, which is, I mean, a bit much to expect out of an elected official, not just to be good at the job you elect them for, but to transcend the very basis of their political authority and do something more and then try to explain it to the people in the district why, well, you know, look, these funds didn't come to District 3, but they benefited the whole county. Well, we didn't elect them for the whole county. We elected you for District 3. So, you know, the structure of it is part of the problem. Most of what local government does is provide us with services that we really can't pay for by ourselves or on our own. Uh, it wouldn't make any sense for me to go out and hire my own police department or my own fire department or my own water service. Uh, so they bring all of that together so that we can purchase it in a single place. The problem we have in Scambia County is the governance of those operations are fragmented. Uh, it, it's the city. It's the county. It's the ECUA. It's the school board. It's all these different governments are competing for scarce resources when you and I are out here fighting to make ends meet. And my, my income, I don't know about you, I'm on a fixed income today, but my income doesn't go up quite as rapidly as government seems to be able to raise taxes. Uh, so I, I think it would make sense for us to look at some form of consolidated government. Yeah, consolidated would be typically, 
eliminating the city of Pensacola and melding it with the county, right? That would be the typically the primary one. But you certainly have, you know, why ECUA as a separate body that nobody pays attention to except when something's broken? Um, you know, and then, you know, of course, we're in this discussion about making Perdido into a city and, you know, consolidation would be to move the other direction from something like that. Uh, I, you know, again, the state constitution sets out the school board as being separate. But even there, it's kind of a weird one, right? You got this, you know, they have one job. And then the county has all the other jobs, except for ECUA has the water and the sewer, except for, you know, it's just kind of, I'm, it's an odd structure. If you came at it from, you know, not being from here, which I'm not from here, so I can still see this a little bit as an outsider, um, consolidating some of these government, I mean, we already have like in emergencies, you know, the emergency dispatch is all run by the county. In an emergency, basically the, um, the emergency response from the city just folds in underneath the county, which is a very effective way to do it in a crisis. And then in ordinary circumstances, it doesn't operate that way. 547 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. Join Florida Blue Mobile Unit's sales and service consultants, Michael and his Maris, Thursday on the Pensacola Expert Panel Show at 9 a.m. as they answer questions about the upcoming January 15th deadline for 2023 health care plans with effective date of February 1. Call or text in your questions to 850-437-1620. Spanish-speaking agents are available, too. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 923 AM 1620. As a small business owner, what keeps you up at night? Just knowing if your email got hacked or your phone system went down, it could cost you thousands in revenue as well as your reputation. That's where Data Revolution comes in with their unique position to take care of you and your business IT support, phone systems, cybersecurity, and more. Secure it and sleep better at night by going to datarevs.com. Winner of the 2021 Best of the Bay for IT support. Datarevs.com. Pensacola right now with Bobby Rossi. Afternoons 4 to 7. After Dave Ramsey on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Oh, my head feels like it's like it's gonna have a baby. It's called a headache. It has a name. Patrick Warburton is another one of those, like you know, uh. Patrick Warburton reads. The phone book. Well, what's what's the modern version of the phone book? Oh, I know. I don't know. Isn't. Google results. Yeah, right. <laughs> I I don't know. We were just watching movie forty three. That movie that I know you guys like so much. Uh. Yeah, we, I watched that again. <laughs> I forgot he was in it. Oh God, what was there was? Oh, the the one funny part in that, the really genuinely funny part, is the homeschool part, though. Oh my gosh, I mean, that's really so awful. Hilarious. I'm not going to repeat anything. No, it's Bye. awful, but it's hilarious. Come on, pretty and... girl, let's go to the movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Funny, funny movie. That's from The yeah. Tick. If you ever watched the mm-hmm. TV show, The Tick, that was great. The Tick was great. The Patrick live action. Was even, great. The, even the live action was funny because, you know, Patrick Warburton, who's amazing. 549 <laughs> on News Radio 92.3. My head feels like it's going to have a baby. It's called a headache. It has a name. Candy, <laughs> Candy's got our news for us in the newsroom. Candy? Okay. Uh, two-time Oscar nominee Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Renner reported to be in critical but stable condition. He had a snowplow accident. Uh, Rep says 51. I do not years. understand this story. The snowplow accident? I, I want what what does that mean? He was in a weather related accident. Yeah, I get it, but I've shoveled a lot of I mean, he's driving a plow, a plow hit him. Well, I'm not sure, but I know. Like the details here are essential to me, but all right, go ahead. Okay, well, and I just have the headlines because that's this part, but uh, no, I know, but I don't know. He's, he plays the mayor of uh, Kingstown. He's, or, well, he's on a Paramount Plus series, Mayor of Kingstown, but it was at his home in Sierra Nevada Mountains, uh, west of Reno. I imagine that's what had to have happened. I mean, how do you, I, I, that's, I you know, that's I, what I'm, I, I agree. I'm, I, look, I love Jeremy Renner. He's a great actor. He's, you know, fantastic in The Hurt Locker. I mean, one of the best movies ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, he's great as Hawkeye and everything else, but, um, I just, the story is weird to me. I don't understand how you, again, you run himself over. I don't understand, you know, so. People, I, yeah, things I, I get, it has to involve another person in my head, but I, I don't know. First Gen Z member de- elected to Congress preparing to be sworn in. He was on ABC's this week and Representative-elect Maxwell Frost talked about what he needs to accomplish. He's 25 and the Florida Democrat says that he hopes to never lose sight of the North Star and pointed to causes like combating the uh, climate crisis and ending gun violence. And the Steelers are staying alive. Kenny Pickett led an 80-yard game-winning drive to lead the Steelers past the Ravens. 
Ravens 16-13 on Sunday night football in Baltimore. Steelers are 8-8, eight and eight, need a win in the final week of the season to have a chance at the playoffs. And those are your headlines. We got a great text in from a friend says, the modern phone book equivalent is the end user license agreement on your digital software that nobody reads. <laughs> You are 100% right that you just click accept on anyway. Patrick Warburton reads the Instagram user agreement. <laughs> there you go. And I'd listen to uh, It's gripping. To. Yes, I'm there. Uh, more, more. What's the exclusion? Have you ever seen Ted? Uh, I know that it's yeah. not like is this. That the, is that the, it's the Teddy vulgar, Bear movie? It's, yeah. I, I know Teddy, it's not like You say the, Teddy Bear. Right. Okay, sure. Mark yeah. Wahlberg, right? Yeah, but Patrick Warburton is in it too. He okay. just—it's so funny because you could put him in any role, and you don't know if he's serious or not. Like Leslie Nielsen. That's after exactly airplane. right. That's right. <laughs> four three seven Before sixteen death. twenty four three seven sixteen twenty. Oh, Pensacola was named uh, while I was gone to top ten places to live in Florida. And I know what the jaded person says because I always think like a jaded person to start with. Well, how many places are there in Florida, really? You know, right? I thought the same thing. How I can look, Pensacola not be in the top ten? Right. There's the only one. like 14 cities. How can we not be? Hello? No. There's. I, I looked it up. There are 900 listed communities in Florida. Now they're not all cities. Like mm-hmm. Navarre, Pace, Milton, East Milton. Milton's obviously a city. But you know, the point is, there are actually a fair number, and we scored. You know, and we're not even like my my other thought was, well, how many are bigger than us? It turns out a lot. We're like number 60 on the list. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that either. We were talking about that last week. It blows so, my mind. But, good place to live. We'll but of take course, it. and we know that, don't we? Yeah. Shh. Don't tell everybody. Because it's the problem right. we have now is like- There's too many people. The word is out. <laughs> right. <laughs> we want to. We want you to come here more slowly. <laughs> we want you to come here <laughs> just a little bit more deliberately. You know, that's that's kind of the idea that we're looking at. 437-1620. Oh, uh, Florida also had a good note. We were in the top 10. By the way, when you make the top 10, you know how this always works. Like, Florida is uh, named a top 10 place to live in Florida on the Forbes list. Well, we're number 10, right? You don't, right? If you're number seven, you don't say top 10. You say number seven. Right. Well, guess who's number seven on the list of best roads in the nation? Florida. I, I know. and I we, believe it. And we, we you know, it's it's like you don't want to give all that credit to FDOT. <laughs> like you kind of want to be like, no, that can't be right. Uh, but no, there you go. Uh, we are the number seven on the list of the best roads in the entire nation. And um, 100%. Okay, so here's the list in order top Not one, plantation one road 10. necessarily, well, not but partic- all of the rest. But that is a privately maintained road, which is a good example of why saying, you should never have private roads. That's the only one I have an issue with, the no, one we work on. Plantation is a disaster. Uh, every Periodically, every two months, there's always you know car swallowing potholes. That's where we work, is right in the back University mm-hmm. Mall. And it's a privately if owned road. If I ever disappear, yeah, I'm You'll down that pothole. Just go look in the potholes. That's yeah, right, I sure. buy a, an old hotel. And your car would fit. Uh, New Hampshire's <laughs> okay. number one, Minnesota's number two, Vermont is number three. This one may surprise you. Alabama's number four. Sure, I've, I've, the Alabama roads are fantastic. The what now? You they say fan, you say fantastic. Yeah, I mean, granted, this seems a bit I, strong to me. Well, I mean, I haven't been in Mobile or gosh, I say that I haven't been there in a year, but I've never had an issue, dude. Um, Ohio. Okay. No. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Ohio was. But Ohio's in the middle, actually. They're not. Uh, and Pennsylvania in the middle. Uh, just to finish out this top uh, ten: Idaho, Kansas, then seven, Florida, Georgia, Nevada, Indiana. Okay, the bottom ten is uh, forty-first. I guess would be Iowa, South Carolina. This is going in descending order: Colorado, Arkansas, Mississippi. These are some familiar bad places: Wisconsin, oh California. Okay, but California is just a mess for all kinds of other reasons. Um, Louisiana, I think we can all attest to that. Have you driven in Louisiana? Don't. Uh, <laughs> that's your best. I was gonna say I don't think I have. Yeah. Rhode Island, little... and you ready for this? Hawaii. The worst roads? That's what they say. Yeah, Hawaii has the worst roads of anybody in the but nation. But the best view, and, and, and except by, for the yeah, volcanic right. lava. And and by <laughs> the way, uh, on this like report card, they say that uh, basically Florida has a C plus rating, which puts us number seven because the average is C minus. That doesn't sound very good. No, though, you know, <laughs> you know, we're like best in the nation at a C plus. Eh, maybe curve it a little bit. It's a B minus. Five fifty five on News Radio ninety two three. I'm Andrew McKay. A better air filter on your air conditioner is nice, but it isn't enough. It takes a lot more than that to clean the air that you breathe. This is Todd with Gulf Coast Air Care. On Wednesday's Pep Talk, we'll talk about how to keep pollen, bacteria, and other pollutants out of your lungs. Remember what I always say, if you don't have a good air filter, you are one. Let's talk Wednesday morning at 9.30 on Pep Talk. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Chris Domine is a husband and a father. Chris is an athlete. Chris is even an Iron Man. But 10 years ago, Chris was facing a very different story. 
because his kidneys were failing. Basically, the doctor said, if you don't get a kidney transplant and if you don't do dialysis, you, you are going to die. Fortunately, Chris received a second chance at life, made possible by an organ donor. You know, your well-being changes from loss of hope to hope to better times ahead. More than 100 million people in America are registered organ, eye, and tissue donors. People of every age and ethnicity because they believe it's the right thing to do. Imagine what you can make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Hi, it's Gracie from Pensacola right now, wishing you and your family a happy and healthy 2023. From all of us at News Radio 923, Happy New Year. He's supersonic. He's airborne. In what? Sir, Overwatch reports an F-14 Tomcat is airborne and on course for our position. Morning, 557 News Radio 92.3, Foggy. Uh, I'm Andrew McKay. It's uh, 69 now, and it's going to be, you know, basically warm. And then tomorrow and Wednesday is going to be wet. Not, I, you know, I don't know how. Do, do we even yet know why the Gulf Islands National Seashore, like, closed <laughs> on Friday? Why did they try to kick people out? Because of flooding concerns? But there I, was no flooding, right? Right. We were expecting severe weather. And it and, didn't uh, happen, did it? We got severe thunderstorm warnings um, while I was here. Like and Friday, it, We got some Saturday. heavy, heavy rain, but it wasn't uh, too, too wasn't bad. bad. Okay. We're actually going to have uh, Daryl Eccles on uh, tomorrow. He's the superintendent. Um, uh, I'll talk to him about 635 tomorrow, so that'll be an interesting conversation. 557 here on News Radio 92.3. Speaking of interviews that were done while I was gone, Channel Ogletree, who is the director of economic development for Santa Rosa County. Um, That's a, I mean, they're doing really good. (laughs) Santa Rosa is doing fantastic at economic development. Well, uh, Chicken Run is also a uh, warehouse distribution type facility. They'll be running upwards of 150 trucks. So uh, they will be having a uh, ground up, a groundbreaking, or not groundbreaking, uh, ribbon cutting in uh, the April-May time frame. So uh, I know two new companies that are uh, you know, going out to the Santa Rosa Industrial Park uh, just in the past year alone. Yeah, so you got Amazon is in there. you got the cable company that's in there already for a long time. They're a huge company. Um, this is the original uh, industrial park that's there by the sheriff's office on the north side of 90. Um, and then you've got the... It's like three new ones. The one that's been built, the one that's being built, and the one that's going to be built over off of uh, 87. And um, He also, names all his projects after movies. I know. I love that. Yeah. I love <laughs> that. Like chicken Project Run. Chicken oh, Run. Right. <laughs> and then um, they've so got cool. the Leonardo uh, uh, right. is going to break ground this spring that's up right. at uh, Whiting, which is fantastic. They've got the helicopters, and they've been using what um, uh, Prince Field, uh, they've been using a little bit. But, you know, that whole project, that's coming together, too. I mean, like I said, Santa Rosa County, if you know, for all the kind of struggles that Escambia County is having to kind of get stuff going and, you know, OLF8 is still blank, um, <laughs> you know, after all this time. But Santa Rosa has figured it out. And location has been a pretty important part of their success, too. Stream us at NewsRadio923.com. NewsRadio923. WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola. I'm Steve Taylor, and here's what's happening. A former cadet with the Escambia County Sheriff's Office is charged with killing a man at a park in Monroe County is closing after a mass influx of migrants. We'll talk about those stories and more after Fox News on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. What will happen tomorrow? I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. That is the big question of the 